Welcome to another episode of the Worklife Podcast. To find out more about the Worklife Hub and to listen to other episodes, please go to www.worklifehub.com. Welcome to another episode of the Worklife Hub Podcast. I am your host, Agnes Uheretsky. If this is the first time that you are tuning in, let me just say a few words about this podcast. We speak to authors, researchers, business thought leaders, for them to share their knowledge and insight on work-life balance, leadership, culture change and organizational development. In our work at the Worklife Hub, we help companies reform their workplace to create a culture that embraces diversity and work-life balance. We are passionate about building vibrant and engaging workplaces that are great for employees and customers. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do this via Twitter at WorkLifeHub, on our LinkedIn page or on our website. We're always happy to hear how you like the podcast or any other ideas that you would like to share with us. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the listeners of the Work Life Podcast. This is your host, Agnes, and this is another live episode. And I'm actually sitting here uh, at the High Five offices with David Duchesne. Hello, David. Hi, how are you? Um, well, thank you very much for being here. Usually we record these um, on Skype and it's always a great pleasure to be recording an episode um, live, actually sitting face to face makes a difference. So. I will briefly introduce you and then I'll ask you to take listeners also a bit through your journey, your career, your passion. So uh, I have to maybe as a way of introduction say to the listeners that I've been trying to get hold of you for a long time. I I think I I wanted to get in, in touch with you because you're one of the main HR thought leaders influencers in Belgium or Benelux. And I really wanted to gauge your opinion and your, your, your ideas for the trends and whatever we're working on. So I'm super happy that we're, we've made it. Um, basically, David is Chief People Officer at Securex. He is an experienced HR and business leader. He's an author, a regular speaker, and, and as I said, an HR influencer. He invests a lot of time in in uniting the HR profession and and through blogging, through um, different associations. You're also the president of the Association of HR Directors. As I said, he also wrote a number of books and we will maybe zoom in later in this conversation on his book, on his latest book on sustainable leadership. So welcome again, David. Thank you very much. So please tell listeners a little bit about what drives you, what is your passion? In all my career, I've been fascinated by uh, people and by how human beings can achieve things um, in companies or, or, or independently. My red thread in my career would be more uh, the question, how can we leverage the, um, the potential, the possibilities that people have to create meaningful uh, value for people? And um, I've been working in HR in different ways, in different forms, all my life, um, all my career, I, m- I would say, as almost 24 years. Um, it puzzles me always that we make the same mistakes. We've been talking a lot of times or a long time about um, about leadership in companies, about how we can leverage people and, and, and potential. 
and yet sometimes I have a big déjà vu uh, because we we keep on repeating ourselves, and that maybe is that that's the age uh, kicking in. But um, I have sometimes a feeling that we don't move along fast enough, and that we forget what we've said long time ago, which is still valid today, um, but we have never applied it thoroughly. And, and that's why I also wrote a book on leadership, yet another book on leadership, because that's what I, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated about. Because Also, as an HR uh, professional, you're depending on the quality of the leadership in your company to be able to achieve things. And that's why, for me, HR should focus very much on that quality of leadership. Um, and that's what I've, that's, that will be the red thread in my career across various uh, functions and, and organizations. Thank you. So maybe because you have a very broad overview and of the trends, of the developments you see happenings in different companies as well, and, and because you, you have framed your book, The Leadership, Sustainable Leadership Book, in this uh, VUCA context of the volatile, uh, unpredictable, um, I always forget what are the two others. <laughs> uh, complex and ambiguous. Complex yeah. and ambiguous conditions of the world. And um, I see, I think we've, we're seeing this basically every day on the news and the media uh, with different elections, even um, referendums, how, how quickly some status quo can be upset all of a sudden. But according to you, what are maybe the two, three key trends that HR professionals must have an eye on and, and be aware of to, to be able to adjust and to, and to move forward. There, there's a lot of things going on indeed. And of course, you could talk about political changes and so on who influence HR as well. But I think there's three major ones that in the coming years um, we will have to deal with. And the, the first one is that uh, people are living longer, having to work longer, uh, and we are puzzled by this. Um, how how can we how can we do that? My children have been uh, around since uh, 1998, so they have 50% chance of becoming a hundred. So what are, are we going to do with those hours, those productive hours that we get um, uh, on top of the normal hours? There's an estimate that you would have a hundred thousand hours more to to invest. Uh, so how are we going to do that? And how are companies, employers, or people themselves going to deal with that. We know that you cannot live 35 years on pension because that would mean that you would have to save half of your earnings during your career to finance the pension, which is impossible. It's not feasible. That's one. The um, second one is, um, is automation, uh, artificial intelligence. Um, I'm not saying that uh, we won't have jobs anymore, but we will have different jobs and um, who are um, requiring much more creativity, much more uh, autonomy, much more entrepreneurship than before. Um, but our society in the West, I would say, has created a lot of uh, people that are depending on someone else, mm. uh, on a company, on, an, on a government and so on and so forth. But in the new age of automation, uh, uh, we will have uh, to make use of our deepest human skills, which cannot be automated. Um, but therefore, you need to be able to use them. And that's something we are not taught in school. So we will have to learn other things. 
And, and the third one is, uh, I would say, the it's maybe related to the, the second one, but the digital age, the digitalization um, disrupts economies, disrupts uh, sectors, industries. Um, and so um, we'll have to um, adapt, be very agile, be very flexible. And so we, we will we'll probably have a, a different composition of the workforce where we now have as ideal still uh, the employment contract. I think we will have a, a situation where people will change uh, f between uh, self-employed and, and, and maybe employed. We'll have consecutive assignments. We'll have um, uh, be able to, to change uh, when an industry is disrupted, like the music or industry mm -hmm. or, or tourism or or banking industry. Uh, we will have to adapt, and and you see that happening today. That big corporations, like in banking, are now downsizing because they have been digitalizing, and so. Um, we should not look at people in that situation as, as victims. Sometimes we look at them as victims. But this is the evolution that we have. Um, and, and so we have to be prepared uh, for those rapid uh, disruptive changes. Um, I think VUCA is not in itself new, but the disruption and the changes are now continuously, whereas there was always a period of consolidation in the past. When there was a new technology, you had years to consolidate. Now there's a new technology, and the next one is already there. Uh, so, the, the, and and that's very puzzling for many people who are looking for certainty and mm. continuity. And and we cannot offer that anymore. And people still want it. And and governments still want that to organize that. And unions still want to guarantee that. But employers and people themselves know that you cannot have a long-term uh, long-term commitment that the job will be there, that the industry will not change, that there will, won't be a political disruption, there won't be an economic disruption. There's, that doesn't exist, and we just have to face that and, and see that as an opportunity. Easier said than done, but that's what we have to do. Absolutely. Wow, there's so much in there that you just said. It made me think of a book by Peter Diamandis and P Stephen Kotler. It's called Bold. And they make the comparison uh, with furry mammals who have been there before the dinosaurs yeah. and who made it through actually when the dinosaurs and they i love the comparison of little furry mammals coming and eating away the territory of dinosaurs and uh, uh, and that's what startups are doing that's what disruption is doing taking out big chunks and bites uh, of the large established corporations and and um, yes, we have to either adapt and, and, and I think complacency is probably one of the biggest problems, right? I think complacency is uh, a big risk that we have today. Um, uh, we have been spoiled the last 50, 60 years, let's say since the Second World War, because before that, or before maybe the 1900s, we were all self-employed. We were all looking for uh, a meaningful job which created income and, and we were in that same situation and I think that, that the VUCA area will bring us back to the past mm. and we will have similar things like in the past uh, like people having consecutive assignments and and so that, that creates uncertainty because you never know what the next assignment will be so you have to be um, both careful and entrepreneurial yeah. careful that you have some uh, re reserves for your future and that you invest in yourself so that yeah. you keep employable 
and entrepreneurial because you need to dare to take a risk uh, and, and if you don't take a risk you will not be successful yeah um, i think i think that's one of maybe such a difficult challenge is how do you keep these two thoughts simultaneously in your head to say what if it won't work what if something will happen but let's move forward and let's do this so this this too is i find so difficult to yeah. reconcile and yeah but that's that's life life is full of paradoxes and if you are led by fear then you will say okay i will never sh uh, open my mouth i will always shut up because i could take a risk by saying something and that's the same in a, in a company or outside the company if you don't dare to take a risk and you are led by fear you will end up very passive and very i would say uh, uh, limited in your choices and um, if you complain at the end of your career that you don't have choices anymore um, then partly at least partly that's your fault that's mm. your own responsibility yeah. you have to be open for plan b uh, when i um, maybe that's not very normal to do but when we um, introduce people into our company uh, i always ask what's your plan b <laughs> uh, in case it doesn't work out yeah. here. do you have a plan b and yeah. some of them have and I, I always i'm happy that they do because if you you always have to have a plan b um, the problem is that employment very often is the plan b and there's no plan a mm. people people don't have the plan a so they they settle for the plan b and that's a problem and we see that in companies so motivation in a company engagement commitment that's so important and there's so little of it mm. so maybe taking uh, the conversation a little further you decided to write a book on sustainable leadership um, maybe if you could just tell listeners a bit that your definition of, of what is sustainable leadership why is your book different maybe to other leadership books there? there's about 15,000 books on Amazon about <laughs> leadership so there's another one around that's mine um, uh, I wrote a book because it's for me it's an intention I want to work on leadership and what what's in the book is what you could or should do um, uh, if you want to move um, and that doesn't mean that in my company everyone is like this or I am like that I always have this intention to become better mm. And then, very simple for me, leadership is, is creating motion, creating a movement um, towards a certain value, a value for your customer, for your citizens, for your patients, whatever, or whoever. Um, and, and you cannot reach that value uh, without people. If you're uh, a conductor in an orchestra, you need your, your musicians to create an exquisite uh, musical experience for your audience so you need those people you're dependent as a leader uh, and then the question is how do you make that movement occur well people will only make the movement if they they trust you uh, and so the, the leadership that you have so to speak is attributed to you you are given it by your people because they trust you and why do they trust you because they know that you are at their service or at the service of this higher purpose um, but not at your own service. So, so leadership is in this sense quite humble. Um, and it's also something temporary. It's possible that you are the right leader at a certain moment, but not later on. Um, so it's, it's quite humbling to see it like this. And what makes it really sustainable is that you create that motion towards value. Um, uh, and the value is not only for the shareholders, but it's also for 
society, other stakeholders, your employees, your customers, your suppliers. And so it's like this ecosystem thought that you create value in a balance between all those stakeholders. We have lost a bit that balance. Mm. Uh, we, uh, if you go to a, a business school, they will tell you cash is king and uh, shareholder value is what you have to strive for. Uh, this is not very sustainable because shareholders cannot live or have a return without the customers, without the employees. So you have to balance that out. And the last stakeholders is of course yourself, because the question that many leaders have, okay, this is VUCA, this is this is uh, difficult times, um, leadership has been difficult, has become difficult. How do I, do I keep up? So sustainability is also about yourself. It's about your team, it's about your organization and society, but it's certainly also about yourself. Even when you know that leadership is not about yourself, uh, the leadership itself is not. You're as a leader, or is is not important. You're not important in that equation. You will do things to make so, uh, other uh, objectives happen, but you're not very important in that equation. Your people are much more important, mm. and, and we've made that mistake to see leaders as a hero or as the savior of the company or like a CEO that comes and turns a company around, but he cannot do it without people. So there's no hero mm. and there's no um, ideal leader. Uh, we, we, leaders should be very humble. If they're not, it's not sustainable. I will give you an example. Um, ambition is very often seen as very positive in a leader. Mm. I want to, I want to uh, uh, win. I want yeah. to succeed. Yeah, yeah, I want, uh, and that's true, but it's limited. Uh, you can make you can have ambitions take risks and 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 lose contact with part of your stakeholders mm. if you define ambition as uh, saying okay i will earn my variable payment because i take a lot of risks because in that way i can make a shareholder happy that might be not sustainable um and so ambition is is is, is limited in terms of um, value it's very valuable but it's, it has its limits it's not without um, uh, restrictions. And another example is charisma. Um, charisma is often very uh, seen as a very positive characteristic, and it is, um, because if you enter a room and you're charismatic, people stop to talk and they start to listen to you, and you're noticed, and people mm. will say, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about and, and can express himself very well, so we'll trust him. Uh, there's a lot of charismatic leaders who were not very good, but they could voice their... Uh, opinion and today in the VUCA world if you have an opinion in all that uncertainty uh, people will listen to you and if you can voice it well well enough people will listen twice um, and that's what's happening in America someone had an idea maybe it was not the right idea but he won an election mm. so to speak um, and that's what, what what happening but charisma is also limited it's useful to get you there but it's not very useful to keep you there because you, charismatic people have the problem that they don't listen too well, that they uh, think they're right, that they um, uh, they do not like uh, resistance or objections. Mm. They, they stop listening to people who have a dis dissenting voice. Mm. So, And that's a danger for a leader. So yeah. like charisma, you can cherish it, you can nurture it, nurture it but it's also dangerous. So, so that means as a leader you have to be very aware of what you are and who you are and then be very humble about it and, mm. and, and be very cautious. Uh, introversion has its value as well. It's not always extroversion. So everyone can be a leader and that's my point by using his own personality and char character 
to be able to have that value at the end of the road uh, you create motion but you use your own personality to do that um, and you're very aware of the potential and the, and the pitfalls of your leadership mm. so that's what I think it's very simple um, as idea um, and there's ways of doing that and, and I, I write about that uh, but you could see the book as a kind of book of ingredients um, where you can pick something out that will make you more forceful, more sustainable, uh, whilst keeping your own style. I'm not mm. asking in the book to change yourself. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm giving you some, some guidance, guidance or, or guidelines or inspiration that what could you do to make your leadership sustainable mm. towards yourself, your environment, the society and so on. And, um, and so that's my that's my attempt to do to do that. Yeah. I was I was very struck by looking through the the structure of the book and actually seeing that it culminates in what you describe as character and also these five building blocks for uh, maintaining characters and I think they have self care, engagement, growth, meaningfulness, and trust. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm quite interested that um, how this happened that you wrote a book on, or you, you, you were interested in the issue of leadership and then it culminated in character because it can come from all kinds of different angles you know and, yeah, and, yeah. and, and what was that that did you have experiences with leaders or what was it that you thought okay this is something that I want to put my finger on it because it's so important yeah, yeah. one of the basic elements in, in the definition of leadership is that trust mm -hmm. and the question is how how do you build mm. trust and what is trust um, um, uh, you will trust someone if you know that um, that person is loyal and integral yeah. but also when, when that person is competent but competence you can pardon someone who is less uh, competent you cannot pardon someone who is less loyal or integral yeah. Yeah, that's that's more difficult yeah. a leader doesn't have to be the best manager or the best technician and but he has to be loyal and integral and then you trust someone um, and I ask sometimes to leaders, are you to be trusted? Can <laughs> people trust you? And everyone says, yes, <laughs> I, am, I am very trustworthy. It's very difficult to say otherwise. But if I then ask the question, have you ever disappointed someone? And everyone says, yes, of course, mm. I have disappointed someone. And in that disappointment, the question is, how do you deal with that mm. disappointment? Um, why was there a disappointment? Maybe you promised something and you could not deliver, or maybe you have a value and suddenly something happens mm -hmm. which shakes up that value. Um, um, but it's in the intention that people um, say, okay, I wanted, but I couldn't. And so if people know that, they will forgive you anyway. Mm. Um, and how do you... Uh, in integrity and loyalty is very close to your character and um, and, to, and, and, and if you don't have the trust based on your character but you have trust based on on position or, or status mm. that's not very sustainable mm. because you your status will wear off at a certain yeah. time but if people trust you for who you are and what you do you will have a basis for your leadership and I in the book before I talk about engagement and the other things trust engagement meaningfulness that's an output of your leadership if people trust you if people see meaningfulness if mm. people see that they can grow themselves if people can engage mm. that's an output 
of uh, leadership. And the last output is also your self-care because you have to really care of, about yourself. But before that, you have to have a sort of hygiene for your character because character in the VUCA environment is very under pressure. Yeah. There's four elements of character in the book. It's empathy, it's fairness, it's kindness, and it's reciprocity. Um, and empathy is about understanding the other and taking into account what the other wants. Mm. Uh, fairness is saying, okay, we are in a collective. I cannot treat someone unfairly compared to others. Um, so I have to have a sense of, of justice. Kindness is that I'm willing as a human being to um, accept that someone has uh, uh, limitations or weak moments or difficulties in life. Mm -hmm. So I cannot be hard on that all the time, but I can accept reciprocity. That means um, uh, if uh, there's giving and taking, mm -hmm. and if we are partners, if we are humans that work together, then I, I can expect in a relationship that there's reciprocity. Mm -hmm. It's not accounting. Eh? It's not yeah, saying yeah, you yeah. give me five yeah. euros, I give you five euros back. But it's 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 symbiosis. It's symbolic. It's it's so that's. But if I lose one of those, it's difficult to to keep your character intact and 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 have that trust. I I give you an example. I can be under pressure. And I can say, okay, I will. I want to be successful, uh, and I want to have my bonus. Mm -hmm. um, but there's there's people who don't go along in that. So what do I do with that? I can crush them. That's not very fair. I can stop listening to them. It's not empathetic. Uh, I can um, I can fire them. It's not very kind. And I can only do things that are good for me. That's not very reciprocal. Yeah. There's no reciprocity. In but the context can push me. To become like that i started yeah. listening a little bit less uh, so that i call that erosion of the character mm -hmm. and it's it's a it's a subtle process uh, and sometimes you discover that you wake up i used to do that but now I, I i hate it when people ask me questions i'm right you're wrong Challenge, follow yeah. me yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's a waste of time to be uh, asked questions and there's someone who doesn't agree to uh, with me how long ha do I have to put up with that? Mm. Um, and, and, and so you, you wear off kindness. Uh, there's not, not much place in companies for kindness because we say, okay, we have to be productive. But what do you do with someone who has been productive for years and has, has an illness? You will yeah. not fire that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, you will not do that. Otherwise, you could say, okay, no, it's not effective. So we're not a social institution. So mm. fire them immediately. But this is so short term and so um, uh, unhuman that you have to show kindness. I'm not saying you have to show kindness for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, you can talk to someone and say, look, um, uh, you have to recover, otherwise I have a problem. Um, it's not fair towards others that you are uh, like this, so recover. Uh, and I help you to recover. Yeah. And I go the way with you, but at a certain time, if I see you won't do it, you, you're not able to, you're not willing to, you're complacent and yeah. you're taking advantage of me, yeah. I will stop, but my my basic instinct is to be kind and understanding and mm -hmm. listening. Mm. But we have not much time for that in the VUCA world, and that's the danger. And so the advice that to leaders is is, is have this kind of hygiene. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you don't lose your character because in the VUCA world is the only thing you have. It's the only basis of trust, because you cannot guarantee any certainty. You cannot guarantee a big plan that will be successful. You you cannot guarantee. Um, um, that uh, the team of today will be the team of tomorrow. Mm. You cannot guarantee mm. anything. 
but you can guarantee that you're loyal, that you're trustworthy, that you will invest in people, that you will listen to people, that you will make sure that there's a win-win, yeah. uh, that people, if, if they lose their job, that they're more employable uh, and that they're better off uh, when they go away than when they started. And, and so on. That's, that's my commitment as a leader to people that work in my team. And that's something you can guarantee. Even if you don't have many resources, yeah. uh, you can look for ways, you can show that you want mm. to, and you can help people with things that do not cost too much. And people will remember that a leader, uh, and there are not, not many leaders like that, but they will remember those leaders. And those leaders will talk to them even 20 years later. You will hear them in your head. Yeah. And, and it's like teachers. How many teachers did you have? You still remember after 10, 20, 15 years? Yeah. Not many, <laughs> two, three, five, but not more than that. Mm. And you had 60 of them in your secondary school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's those people you trust, uh, you know they're loyal to you, you know they're not always the easiest. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Kindness doesn't mean to be easy. Um, sometimes you're very cruel when you're kind. That's an expression. But, but sometimes you will confront someone, some, someone with a problem. Listen, if you don't do this, I will have to fire you. Yeah. That's very kind to say. I think yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what you have to be as a leader and there's in the book also f five um, five ways of keeping your character intact um, uh, it's very simple things um, that help you um, as a leader to um, to make sure you're aware when the erosion occurs mm. maybe I can say one thing um, if, if you're not sure about erosion you have to think back about a very difficult decision that you have made in the past as a leader. And there's only two questions you have to ask. Was there a good reason to do that? Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason can be economical, can be, there's whatever reason, there's, there has to be a good reason. Um, and have I done it in a good way? And good way means empathic, fair, um, um, reciprocal, and, and, and kind. also kind. Mm -hmm. Have I used that? And if you said no, because I wasn't allowed, or no, because I didn't think of it, or no, because that wasn't efficient, you might be al already discovering a part of your erosion. And mm -hmm. I, in that situation, I, I, I could have been more empathic or empathetic, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so empathy uh, is something you can use also in a difficult situation. Absolutely. And, um, and if you ask those two questions, and you might say, oh, maybe there was a, a risk. We have to be realistic and not naive. In your life, there will be always situations in which you cannot be fully what you want to be or how you want to be. You have to be aware of that. You don't have to be naive and, and be on your mountain and say, okay, I, I, I have 100% pure character. No, you will in do... In Tibet, maybe, on yeah, a mountain, exactly. you can do that. <laughs> but that's something you don't... You don't uh, do it some it's impossible yeah. uh, but you have to be aware because once your erosion starts to uh, once your character starts to erode it's like a dam bridge it's difficult to stop charismatic people who have this will say i'm the one and they will really put people down and make them small to be bigger mm -hmm. uh, and once they are there there is almost narcissistic personalities yeah. Yeah. It's very difficult for them to accept that there's someone younger or less uh, senior in the company who has a better idea. And so they will put that better idea down. It's, it's, it's very weak to do so. But to, in order to maintain your position or your status, you will hire people who say yes. 
and and that's and, and at a certain time the board will intervene if you're a CEO the board will intervene and fire you uh, because you you won't be do, doing the job anymore your leadership will not be sustainable anymore because you don't get the value or you don't have the employees with you and the shareholders and the customers mm. because you were right and the others were wrong it's not sustainable yeah. it's not sustainable it will become your own undoing in the yeah. and that's also in, in if you have a strength as a leader um, use it but um, don't overuse it if mm -hmm. you depend on that one strength uh, you're very you're very vulnerable but in the bad way uh, vulnerable vulnerability is not bad but you will be very fragile mm -hmm. uh, if, if you use only one skill so you have to be very aware of the other skills and you have to be aware that you're not complete mm -hmm. uh, a leader is never complete and mm -hmm. is depending on on skills of the others mm. i think that's um, or or the willingness uh, of the others uh, and that's for me if you want to create motion uh, you must be very humble mm. in creating the motion mm -hmm. um, and that is much more sustainable than the hero heroic uh, supermans that sometimes are looked for in companies yeah. I'm, I'm as we're as you're talking and I'm listening to you and and I'm sure this is probably what's happening to listeners. I just keep like a rolodex, you know, looking through in my brain of who I worked with, who has taught me, who I looked up to, and and some of it really resonates when it can almost turn around. You look up to someone and it's a great energizing, uh, inspirational uh, boost yeah. in the beginning. And then some of the kind of shadow and dark side comes uh, comes out, and especially under stress. I, I yeah. remember when when I was leading a team. I remember when it became stressful, it became uncomfortable. That I th started pulling some levers of maybe fear or control, and I'm not proud of that, and I think I regret it. But but it's very difficult as you stay to to remain this. Uh, there's no one who can. Um, resist moments like that if yeah. you're in stress uh, behavior normally normally reduces yeah. to, to something less than what you normally can do and um, and um, so you will start telling people what to do or you will say okay if we don't do it uh, everyone will be fired yeah. or okay um, I didn't do that but uh, yeah, whatever <laughs> whatever uh, but you will and um, and and and, uh, and everyone will do that at a certain yeah. point but the question uh, who's your best leader in the past uh, teaches you a lot or tells you a lot about what the quality of those leaders are and usually you don't remember them because they were the best planners or the best communicators or the best um, technical person yeah. Yeah. Uh, you remember them because the way they made you feel yeah, exactly they made you feel valued they made uh, th they were capable yeah. Yeah. and sometimes they did nothing mm because they said okay i will let you run and i will only intervene the moment i see that your the damage will be too big yeah um, and um, and that's also sometimes doing nothing is the best thing you can do for someone mm -hmm. um, and that means that you have to be able as a leader to let go decide what you let go of and yeah. decide what you hold on to and the, the mission is to let go of as much as possible and I know there's rules and restrictions and leg legislation, so you cannot drop that, but you can drop other things. Um, um, and so you let go of cer certain things in a caring way and, and, and you maximize the things that you 
um, give to people the space and so on. Yeah. Uh, sometimes a leader is just a broker of space. Mm. You give space. And, so, and someone you don't trust, you give no space. And someone you trust, you give a lot of space. And if you have someone in your team who is not competent yet, you will not leave him alone. You will say, okay, let's do first this and then that. And once you see that competence is growing, also confidence will be growing and you will let go mm. uh, of someone uh, gradually, mm -hmm. which is also very caring because if I would have someone in my team and I would say, okay, this is a very difficult project. No one succeeded so far. It's 50 million euros. Do it. It's, cr it's cruel. It's, it's not yeah. responsible. It's not sustainable. Yeah. So you will invest. Set someone up for failure like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the worst leaders do that. Yeah. They will say, okay, if, that, if, if there's enough failure in my team, uh, I will be the savior. And so they make people depending on you. Mm. And they will not give you space. Mm -hmm. and they will control you. And they will um, do, do things. And they will say, okay, I do it for you, but actually it's for me. It's or a they will, yeah, yeah, manipulation. Or, or they tell you, I'm the boss, do it. Or yeah. um, they will go only for that, what their bonus. Uh, mm -hmm. A leader who says, uh, I don't care about the bonus, if I do have to do things that are short-term and stupid, is a great leader mm -hmm. because he, he he is independent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow, it feels almost like a masterclass to be honest. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> listening to you. No, no, it's it's really great. So I'm sure uh, people listening have now a great appetite to go and discover your work. So maybe if you could tell them uh, where to find you, where to find the book, the exact title of the book. I think uh, it's out in French and Dutch for the time being. Yeah, right? it's going to be published in English soon. Uh, I'm working on the, the last two chapters. It's going to be in English in the beginning of next year. Um, it's in Dutch and French available. You can find it on, on, on the web. Uh, Amazon.com has it and Bol.com has it. Uh, the, t the title in English is uh, Sustainable Leadership, How to Lead in the VUCA World. And uh, you can find me on Twitter or on LinkedIn. It's, uh, the handle is D. Duchene. It's D-D-U-C-H-E-Y-N-E. And I'm always happy to uh, have conversations. Uh, even if you don't agree with my book, tell me and we can have a great debate about it. Excellent. <laughs> so now coming to the last question, and you alluded to this a little bit, but this is the last question we always ask uh, on the Work Life Podcast. If I could ask you, David, to give a CEO one advice, what would be, what is your key flagship advice that you tell CEOs? It's about taking care of your character, having a hygienic approach to your character, uh, which will make of you a very good CEO. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was podcast. a pleasure. Thank, Thank you very you. much.